Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for weekly updates about my podcasts, events, and more. Also, follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And finally, join my virtual book club called Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which meets every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time until 3 p.m. and features half an hour of book club discussion, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A with the author whose book we've just discussed. You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. Today's sponsor is my bookshop.org store and my Amazon store. I don't know if you guys even know that I have these, but you should check it out because I sell all the books that I've had on this podcast, so you can easily find them and buy them. The bookshop.org site is bookshop.org slash shop slash Zibby Owens. And the Amazon shop is amazon.com slash shop slash moms don't have time to read books. So I hope that you will check out my Amazon influencer store and my bookshop.org storefront. And the bookshop.org storefront also has all the books from my Zibby's virtual book club and some other suggested reads. So I hope you will check those both out and go shopping. Go buy some books from the podcast and support all these amazing authors. Jen Sincero is a number one New York Times bestselling author, success coach, and motivational cattle prod who's helped countless people transform their personal and professional lives via her products, speaking engagements, newsletters, seminars, and books. Her number one New York Times bestseller, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life, has sold over 3 million copies, and it's available in over 35 languages. It continues to grow in popularity around the globe and has been on the New York Times bestseller list for over four years and counting. Her follow-ups are You Are a Badass at Making Money, Master the Mindset of Wealth, which was also a New York Times bestseller, and You Are a Badass Every Day, How to Keep Your Motivation Strong, Your Vibe High, and Your Quest for Transformation Unstoppable. Her latest book, which we talk about today, is Badass Habits. Cultivate the awareness, boundaries, and daily upgrades you need to make them stick. I thought this was a perfect episode to launch on the first Monday in January when everybody is getting back to whatever they're getting back to and regrouping for the new year. As a highly sought-after speaker, Jen has shared her signature brand of motivational comedy with everyone from women entrepreneurs to multinational corporations to nonprofits to educational institution to her mom's book club. In 2011, she sold most of her possessions and spent the next three years running her business from all corners of the globe, writing, speaking, coaching, and encouraging people to live lives of unbridled awesomeness. Jen and her work have appeared in a variety of media outlets, including New York Times, The Dr. Oz Show, Oprah Magazine, Success Magazine, Money Magazine. Magazine, Comedy Central, Forbes, Fast Company, Bloomberg, The Howard Stern Show, and more. Her other books include the semi-autobiographical novel, Don't Sleep With Your Drummer, and The Straight Girl's Guide to Sleeping with Chicks. Enjoy our episode, and let's all start off the new year making our habits whatever we want them to be, and certainly under our control. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for having me. I I love the title of your show. Oh, thank you. I love the title of your books. (laughs) I feel like you are single-handedly responsible for getting the term badass into mainstream culture, and that's quite an accomplishment. (laughs) Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, So your latest book tackles habits. So thank you for that. There are so many habits I feel like I want to change. I didn't even know which one to write down in all capital letters, as you suggested. (laughs) 
Um, but I know this is, uh, one of many sort of extensions, including how to be better with your money and other things where you can apply the badassery, if you will. Why habits? Why did you pick that to tackle in this book? Well, I feel like the first three books that you are badass, badass at making money and you are badass every day were sort of about getting your mind is they're about taking action, but they were really about getting the mindset pieces down and to really wake up to all your screwed up thoughts and beliefs and actions and words. And felt like habits was kind of like the awesome follow-up to those because you could really start implementing some of the stuff you were learning in those books and make them habits, you know, it really, and we don't even realize how habitual everything is. Like the way you think is habitual. The things you talk about are habitual, like we're riddled with habits. So it was time to really get into that. That was one of my... (laughs) favorite points of the book is you're like, we don't even congratulate ourselves on the habits that we don't think about. Like, Hey, congratulations. I put my underwear on every day or (laughs) all these things that we just do. And your whole argument is we can do anything we want as long as we get in the right mindset, which I felt like was so freeing because it's not hard to make habits. It's just the focusing on them and the getting the right, you know, mindset to do it is all that's required really. Yeah. And there's certainly little tricks you can do to make it easier, but yeah, that's about, that's really it. And I loved your framework. You basically outlined, oh, by the way, I also loved when you said how to catch yourself from wandering down. Woe is me lane. I am totally going to use that because I'm always like, I hate to say, woe is me, blah, 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 blah. Woe is me lane. I don't know. I can see like a whole board game with woe is me lane, sort <laughs> of the pitfalls and, you know, maybe there needs to be a badass board game or something. I don't know. Oh my God. That's an awesome idea. So it's a good pandemic project. Yeah, pandemic project. There you go. With Woe is Me Lane, Badassery Village. Okay, well, anyway, you work on that. (laughs) But in the meantime, okay, so you have all these stages, like the trigger, the sequence, repetition, ease, patience, and identity, which kind of make up habit forming. Take Mm -hmm. me through this general paradigm and like, how did you come up with this? Well, I started looking at why we behave the way we do. And so, you know, we, the first thing we do is we unconsciously participate in realities, you know, quote unquote reality, because we believe that money is really hard to make, or we think that we suck at relationships, or we talk about how, you know, there's no good men or women out there. You know, we, we get into these patterns and we unconsciously just take them as truth. And it's once we wake up to what we've got going on and question our beliefs and our thoughts and our words, and be like, why do I believe that? Like, there's plenty of people doing A, B, C, or D that I have decided that for myself, it is impossible and unavailable, right? So the first step is always awareness and always catching yourself in whatever your stories are that are not serving you. So that really is the first part. And so I just sort of outlined that. And then with the, with, you know, with the triggers and the sequence and all that, there is a very, very concrete way that habits happen. It's like the trigger is you want to take your dog for a walk. So the sequence starts with you putting on your shoes and putting the leash on the dog and then you go out for the walk and you know we're unaware of so many of these trigger sequence things that we've got going on and so you know for a lot of people a negative habit is the trigger is i'm having a cocktail now i gotta have a cigarette so catching becoming aware of the triggers and the sequences that follow them allow you to unhook from them so it really is just like it's almost like stepping outside of yourself and watching yourself behave. And then you can be like, you know what? That's, that's not 
how I want to show up. And that's not who I want to be. And then that empowers you to make different choices. That was the other thing I thought was so great was how to identify a habit worth breaking. And you outlined a couple of steps for four different parts of this, which made it even harder for me to pick my habit. But you said pick habits. One, it would give you a sense of being the person you know you're meant to be a sense of empowerment, an improved quality of life, and a sense of accomplishment. So like some of the habits I was thinking before I started reading this book are not that important to like who I'm meant to be, right? Like how I mm-hmm. eat is not who I'm meant to be. I mean, I would like to stop snacking at night, but that's such a minor thing. It wouldn't make me feel accomplished or proud. Well, think about that though. Think about that. You have one body that you travel around in for your finite experience on planet earth. Your body is the most important thing you've got going. So changing how you eat and how you treat it and giving it what it needs to thrive and feel good and stay healthy is epic, right? So those little (laughs) shifts and and that little, you know, and, and so that little shift of like not eating late at night means your little body that does all this amazing things for you doesn't have to work really hard when it's supposed to be in this regenerative mode of sleeping. And, you know, so it really is all about perspective. Give me another one. I'll, I'll knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> I really said that so that I could continue snacking at night. So if you wouldn't mind what you just said, and we'll pretend that never happened. Uh-huh. I don't know. Also, I think developing a habit of writing regularly. Like, I feel like I'm so busy. I love to write. And I feel like I squeeze my writing into like posting on Instagram or like little snippets. But how great would it be if I could make time to do it? And that I feel like would give me more of these things than something like, I don't know, working out or something. I don't know. Right. So, back to the body. Back again. to the body. You, I don't, you're really going to go yeah, there. We've, that's a lost cause. So <laughs> let's go back to try to fit writing it. Okay. But that's something that like you, for that people might want to start doing, right? So how do you make something not changing a bad habit, but just introducing mm, yeah. you into the regular mm-hmm. rotation? Right. So tell me a little about that because they're different. Yeah. So first I would start out with busting yourself on why you haven't done it yet and your beliefs and thoughts and words around how hard writing is, about how you don't have the time, about how you've tried before and you failed, like get mighty clear on all the many, many reasons that it hasn't happened yet and why you think you're going to suck at it because they exist if you're not doing it yet and it's something you want to do and write them down. You know, it really is about specifics. So write them down and be like, oh, hello. And then question them all and counter them all because they all have counters. You know, it's, it's, it, you've created this belief system. And a lot of times it's so subconscious. You've just taken it as truth, right? Like I'm a mom. I got a podcast. I got a job. I got a blah, blah, blah. I don't have time. It's true. It's true. It's true. Is it like, could you fit in a 15 minute writing session somewhere? You know, could you set up a boundary with your family to be like, listen, you're out of luck. I am writing this time. You know, I always talk about how, we talk about how we don't have time to work out and treat our bodies right. But if if we get sick and go to the hospital, we have time to go to the hospital. Like we are in the damn hospital. There's suddenly time for that. So time really is, you know, as Einstein, was he the one who said that it's a concept? It's, you know, it, it really is a concept and you can't wait for time. You have to make time. So make it happen for yourself because it is there if it's important. It really is. I try to say that about reading. Like, I feel like I've gotten that in. So mm-hmm. when I talk to other people who say, you know, hence the name of the podcast, like we don't have time to read or this or that, like, well, right. 
And I think about all the things we do make the time for every single day and right. why, why those things? It's not the same right. as a habit, but I don't know. No, you're right though. It's true. You do, you get into the habit of, you know, surfing the internet for shoes for, you know, whatever you do. It's about the awareness. We just get stuck in these patterns of, of unaware, you know, the, and they say that, you know, if you've got a job that you go to for eight hours a day, you actually spend about three hours of those days actually working. And then you're just screwing around the rest of the time. So we spend a lot of time screwing around and listen, I'm a big fan of screwing around and, you know, doing whatever you want to do. But if you something you really want to do, you have time. You've just, you've just got to, to really make the time and, and consciously decide to make the time. So do you feel like you've put all this extra pressure on yourself now that you came out with a book about habits? Like, are there any habits that like secretly you still haven't really nailed and now you're like, you can't admit it because the book is out? You should do a podcast with my friends who see how I live my life. (laughs) (laughs) Plus we're in a pandemic. I'm in my sweatpants right now. Totally, come on. Like I'm, no. I mean, yes, I have absolutely succeeded at so many habits. And I actually opened the book in the introduction talking about who the hell am I to write a book on habits because I still do, you know, I still love fried food, eat it all the time. So, you know, yeah, I can coach you through. I know what to do, whether I do it or not really doesn't matter. I think it matters a little bit. I mean, not that you have uh, to hold yourself to that standard, but yeah. you know. Yeah. Those who, I don't know. It's just like a, those who can't do teach type of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. No, I mean, I definitely, and, and I, my point in the beginning of the book was I am focusing on all the habits I suck at, but meanwhile, I have absolutely rocked some very hard habits for me to change. And so, you know, but nobody's perfect. You know, we're all, we're all learning and changing and doing it. And you rocked the habit of becoming like a best-selling author and writing more and more books. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you're also doing these really awesome seminars, like a $97 class to write a book proposal. And I saw that like all these people were selling books because of your coaching with them. Like that must make you feel amazing. It's just, you know, it's funny. I was, I, I have a little pod here now with some people staying who like fled the city and, and I was saying, you know, now I'm back on my book tour because Habits has come out. And and I was like, God, you know, and especially during the pandemic where I haven't left the house, I haven't done a damn thing where I'm just like slothing around reading books, you know, hanging out. And I was like, that's right. There's this whole other world out there of the badass people and all my readers. And they're so amazing. And it's been so nice to sort of ramp that back up and be in that world and to remember that there is all this change going on and that people are just doing incredible things. I mean, it's so inspiring. It really, it really truly is. Wow. How great for you to help them though. That's really, that's great. So Thank where you. is this? So yeah. what is next in the badass hopper? Like what are the next couple books and what's the plan? You are a badass at taking naps in your sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I got to be honest. I, you know, each book is a birth and it's rather epic. And, you know, I just birthed badass habits and I'm just going to enjoy my new little baby and celebrate it and parade her around and, and sort of see what comes out of that and what I feel drawn to, to do next. Like the board. But right like now board it really is. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I will be contacting you to give you your 10% when the board game comes out because that's such a good idea. Oh my gosh. One other thing that I thought was so great in the book was when you divided people about their boundary bungling, which is so great. And I hate it to kind of even admit 
where I would fall short on this as I'm sure most people reading the book would, but you have like too yesy, too much no, and too controlly. And you even have a huge section on if you're trying to launch a podcast about music and how you would have to put other things on hold. And I literally was doing this and obviously this isn't about music, but I was like, she's talking to me. Like these are all the ways you have to make time in your life if you want to have a podcast. And I'm like looking around like, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so tell me about how important it is to maintain your boundaries when you're trying to form some habits. I thought it was such, I have to be honest, like when we came up with this chapter for the book, I was talking to my editor and I was like, you know, cause I turned, I'm, I'm 55 now. And when I hit 50, man, I got so good at setting boundaries. I was like, all of a sudden, like all these insecurities fell away. And I was just like kicking people out of my house and like not inviting you to a party if I didn't want you to come. Like, I don't care. And and I mean, not completely. We all have stuff to work through, but I was just, it was so, it was so different. I really didn't. I remember my dad saying, you know, I don't know if you get older and wiser or older and, and more tired. And I was like, he's right. Like, I don't have the energy to deal with people I don't want to deal with. I don't have the energy to like say yes when I really want to say no. Like it's such a gift. And I was like, I would love to write this so that the youngsters who don't, you know, you don't have to wait till you're 50. You can actually start really becoming aware of your boundary issues and and putting them into place and decriminalizing boundaries. I thought this was so important. It's like when you set a solid boundary, you're not a mean person who's cutting off other people and not helping out other people. You're actually informing them of what you're available for so that they know what to expect. So then you're not all caught up in this like passive aggressiveness and resentment and, you know, obligation and all those really fun things. It really serves everybody. No one's walking around on eggshells. And when you start, so I was super excited to write all that. And then I was talking to my editor and she's like, well, of course for habits, like if you're going to shift who you're being in the world, you're going to need totally new boundaries. You're going to have to set up boundaries around time that you need to to implement these habits. You're going to be shifting who you are. So if you are starting the habit of not drinking anymore, you are unavailable to go to bars with your friends. You are setting up that boundary. You know, it's all about boundaries. So it was really fun to to write about this topic that I was so excited about and feel to be quite an expert on because I'm old and possibly very much more tired, but also to relate it to habits because I don't think that that comes into a lot of the books and discussions around habits and it's super important. Totally agree. It's more like complete behavior modification and inter- interpersonal. Yeah, yeah. it's like an interpersonal coaching of like finding what's important to you. Yeah, exactly. Badass habits. And specifics yeah. and getting clear. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Oh, well, let's see. Writing equals ass plus chair. That's the big mysterious equation to writing a book. And it is about just staying. I'll tell you the the thing for me, I am a really reluctant writer. I have to drag myself kicking and screaming. It's really painful for me, actually. And I've heard that from a lot of writers too. A lot. I mean, I have a friend who can't wait to sit down to write. I'm just like, I hate you. Like how... I love it. She's actually my writing partner. So she's always excited and I'm always trying to get out of it. But anyway, another story. But so what I do is I chunk it down. Chunking down has saved my ass when it comes to writing books because I'm so squirmy and I so just, and so what I do is I chunk it down into 20 minute writing sessions where I am unauthorized to pee, to answer the phone, to go on the internet, 20 minutes. I set an alarm and then I'm allowed to have a 10 minute break or a five minute break or whatever, but I am, and I, I'm really serious about it because I know myself and 
I know by minute 10, I'm going to be squirming and coming up with excuses. But once I've set that timer, I know that it's like, it's not just about this 20 minute writing session. This is about my career. This is about who I show up and as in the world, you know, I've got to get this done. So making that commitment is manageable for me. Right. So it's not the whole, I'm going to spend five hours writing today, which will be really a half hour. So for me, chunking stuff down is extremely helpful and I highly recommend it. Excellent. That always helps. Isn't like the whole quote, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, something like that. I don't know. (laughs) I know. Well done. Overwhelm, you'll be done before you start. If you start out with overwhelm, that's why that, you know, one day at a time is such a brilliant theory. It's just one day at a time. Just relax. We're so drama oriented, you know? So true. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have loved our conversation and your book was fantastic. And I am going to keep it close by, especially during this holiday time when everything, you know, everything that is a problem becomes a really big problem. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Holiday. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen. And thank you. Thanks for all your time. It was great talking to you. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to today's sponsor, my bookshop.org and my Amazon influencer store. You can check out my Amazon store at amazon.com slash shop slash moms don't have time to read books and my bookshop.org store, which is bookshop.org slash shop slash Zibby Owens. And I hope that you will find every book that you are looking for. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. <laughs>